water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to Bending the Elements. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well. I've been uh, sitting down all day watching some wrestling, and I'm excited to get into this episode. It's, uh, yeah, there we go. Is there a connection between the two, potentially? Yeah, I don't think we've discussed in the podcast, but we're both uh, nominally uh, wrestling fans. I think maybe maybe I watch more wrestling than you these days, but uh, so this is very much in our wheelhouse. I would say professional wrestling, by the way, because there's a difference between uh, both both shoot catch wrestling and then like actual like Greco-Roman and all the other types of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into some of that as we uh, as we discuss this episode. This one was written by uh, Michael Dante DiMartino, and it was directed by Ethan Spaulding, which is a name that I don't I don't know if we've seen that one before. Well, I'm pretty sure he maybe spoilers or not. I think he returns in some other episodes in the future because that name certainly does sound familiar unless I'm just thinking of somebody else with the uh, last name Spaulding. Oh, uh, this is his second episode. He, sh- he showed up first in Return to Omashu. So, well, there you go. Returning. Not his de- debut, but returning. And of course, uh, animation production was provided by GM Animation. There we go, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Those in between and unaffiliated. Yeah. Um, we begin this episode with the gang doing some shopping. And while there, a solicitor passes by and gives Aang a pamphlet for Master Yu's earthbending class. The class turns out to be a bust, but while leaving the lesson, they hear about a local amateur bending event that's taking place nearby. And the group heads there in search of a teacher for Aang. Wakatara and Aang try to take the event seriously. Sokka gets lost in the bending theater. None of the competitors capture Aang's attention until the main event match with the boulder versus the WWB champion, the blind bandit. A young blind girl that Aang immediately recognizes as the girl he saw in his vision during the events of the swamp. She defeats the boulder, and a reward is offered to anyone willing to get in the ring with our young Zatoichi. Aang takes the offer, looking for a chance to talk to his potential new teacher. But it's all theater and bravado on the bending stage, and the blind bandit takes the fight to him. But due to Aang's airbending abilities, he proves a genuine threat to the earthbending champion, and defeats her with relative ease. But after the match, she refuses to speak with her opponent and goes off on her own. And when the group asks around to find her location, they are directed to the wealthy Beifong family, whose house symbol is the flying pig Aang saw in his vision. Finding the girl, the gang gives her an exposition dump of what led them to her. But having no interest in helping them, she calls the guards to scare them away. But not taking no for an answer, the group comes to the family and is invited to dinner. 
Playing at some diplomacy, Aang tries to get across the need for an earthbending teacher and directs his needs at their daughter, Toph, rather than Master Yu, who is also at dinner, as he is Toph's teacher, but unaware of her abilities. After the dinner, Toph and Aang go off to discuss the situation more personally. And Toph tells Aang that her parents never saw her potential due to her blindness, and although she wishes she could live a more freeing life traveling with a group, she won't commit to doing so. But before the conversation reaches its proper end, they're ambushed. Jing Fu, the head of the bending promotion, has been convinced that Aang and Toph were in cahoots to throw their match for money. They kidnap the two and hold them for ransom. The other half of Team A bring the ransom with Toph's parents, and their daughter is returned. But when they refuse to free Aang, Toph goes on the defensive and beats them all easily. Her parents and Master Yu are shocked at her hidden abilities, and Yu declares her the greatest earthbender he's ever seen. In the aftermath, Toph has a discussion with her parents that doesn't go as expected. They declare that they've allowed her too much freedom, and she's to be placed under constant supervision. But as the gang is leaving, she arrives to leave with them, claiming that her parents have had a change of mind. A revelation that we'll debate as we jump into the Blind Bandit. The Blind Bandit. If we're both ready to go to Timestamp Zero, we can jump into this, uh, I think a fan favorite episode, I would assume, from the, uh, the IMDb rating that I just saw as I was looking up the writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but are you at the Timestamp Zero? Legally or illegally purchase copies, everybody, please press play right now. Yeah, and Aang, uh, we praying to find a, an Earth Bunny teacher. There you go. So. I mean, there's this one in the beginning who <laughs> you know, we'll never see because they scrapped him. Uh, oh, spoilers. Oh, interesting. I don't know if that's spoilers. Or not. I don't know. Interesting to hear that story, but maybe for another day. Uh, yeah, we'll see him at some point, anytime or other. Yeah, no, I wonder what other, like, if there are other, <laughs> there's other, champ, uh, there's other uh, worldwide bending uh, leagues around there. Like, there's the ECW League, there's the, uh, what was that, Japanese League, I don't remember what it was. But remember how back in the day they had Whistler Sun? New Japan. Uh, they had, like, so many, like, leagues. Oh, yeah, back in the territory days. That's probably this time. Yeah, that's what, hey, first, by the way, episode six, previously on, so I was completely wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Did not expect that. I was like, oh, wow. I almost started the summary with that, but uh, I decided to, to just skip it. <laughs> yeah, we finally have previously on Avatar by uh, Avatar Roku. Yeah, so that's an interesting choice. I mean, I guess I guess I can understand why they did it, but it does seem surprising. Yeah, and it details stuff from, uh, let's see, King of Amashu, then Return to Amashu, then the Swamp goes over all that to give us uh context for uh what is over here yes for for Sokka trying to decide if he wants to buy a bag or not yeah yeah and Aang's still wearing the hat yep that's his his new outfit every episode and uh here's my question does Sokka have and does the gang in general have funds yeah I tend to think that maybe some of the towns that they help out maybe at the end they're like oh yeah you know before we go you know, we still got more more travels to do, and you know, maybe we'll help some more towns. Maybe you can help uh, fund our journey. <laughs> Not the towns are awkwardly like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess let's everybody check your pockets. <laughs> so we started a Patreon. So uh, any uh, any amount helps. Yeah, it could be. 
alms, alms for the traveling avatar. <laughs> hey, or maybe they just steal it. Maybe they're the maybe they have their own version of the blue spirit. Dang. Yeah. Oh, golly, what could you imagine that? I guess they already <laughs> have the masks from I don't know if they kept the masks from that one time they were at that Fire Nation town um, when they had that Fire Day Festival. Oh, he puts on his old man gig again from uh, the city of Amashu or the king of Amashu. Um, what was that name? Purple Popopitamus the third. <laughs> oh, I don't remember. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, they're they're just walking around in this kind of maybe a shady. Well, so- well, hang on, hang on. Yeah, Sokka buys the bag, and she's just debating whether he wants to or not. It's, yeah, he ends up buying the you bag. You really need that. I don't know if he like lost his previous bag, but it's just like, I don't know, man. Yeah. It looks kind of like an expensive bag. I think he did. I think it fell out with the boomerang. It seemed like the boomerang was in a bag. Or maybe that was just when he re- re- reclaimed it. Say. Yeah, I don't know if he has his, his sheath is still there or not. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah this, <laughs> this weird shady looking fellow. Just, hey, you want to know some earthbending? Like, literally the thing that Aang needs <laughs> at this moment. Yeah, and then we see a picture of a rather friendly looking teacher on it. So so who wouldn't want to go to that? He's got a nice smile. So uh, there you go. Listen to all people listening. If you are ever interested in a person that probably has this kind of promotion, uh, advertising, potentially. That's not a bad thing. I can't say, that, like, is, is it wrong to advertise? Well, how else are you supposed to get your name out? <laughs> Except by word of mouth, I guess. That'd be something if 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 only any company or organization or whatever would have you person was ever popularized just by word of mouth and not because somebody was promoting them. My goodness, sir, that would be something I'll say. Oh, I'm sure plenty have. But anyway, yeah. So if you ever come across this, um, keep an open mind and be a little uh, critical. Use some critical thinking and um, and some and some logical reasoning because. Maybe they're not selling you exactly what you need. Yeah, and he's got the first uh, first lesson free. So a good time to sample, you know. They all say that. Oh, do they? <laughs> Is that a common thing? They all say that. Oh, no. At least in this case, excuse me. And uh, as Aang goes there, it seems like maybe... Uh, is it Master Yu? Master Yu, yes. Yeah, maybe you should be taking some more precautions because poor Aang, some uh, some student not, not to be particularly safe... Just flings him back with a rock. Yeah. So probably a lot of concussions in the, these uh, classes. CTE. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. This. Um, this is too true for actual um, martial arts studios in the United States uh, and everywhere else. Uh, in the eight, whether it was like the eighties, seventies, or whenever nineties, where they'll, especially the line he says at the end, that gets me of if you uh sign up now and give me some more money uh i might bump you up to the next belt i'm like uh-huh oh golly i already don't like this fair up fellow <laughs> i know i shouldn't but just like oh man this guy it did seem kind of scammy oh. about it no different than televangelists there are of course always tele- television martial artists and of course um fakes posers yeah only in it for the money martial artists only in there for a quick buck selling you on crap the thing is he didn't come out selling he didn't say anything about like oh if you do this like he wasn't one of those magicians of like i have invisible key powers that if i 
you know, strike you like this, you will, um, you will be knocked down to the ground. Um, but because you put your tongue to the roof of your mouth, that's why uh, it didn't work. <laughs> oh boy, the snake oil salesman's. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, and as they're kind of sitting around, like, oh, that you know, that doesn't seem like it's gonna work. We're gonna find a new teacher. They overhear these two uh, teenagers talking about Earth Rumble Six. I guess a big uh, amateur wrestling uh, or amateur bending uh, event going on. Slip of the tongue there. Yeah, I do say amateur, even though they they very much are kind of modeling after uh, pro pro wrestling type uh, of gig. Yeah. It does seem to be more legitimate combat. So it's taking out that vein. But but I did like these these two nerd kids. Uh, they're like they're like picking on Aang, even though they look kind of nerdy and young. I was like, what the what? <laughs> and they won't tell him. He's like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And they're just like, ah, never mind. We're not going to tell you, little punk kid. Yeah, they they like either it's a password or. It's the oh, it's location. They 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 they, they spill the well, I don't spill the beans, but they, they tell them straight away. It's called uh, Nunia. It's I've never heard of that before. Nunia business. I'm gonna give you two wedgies and tie them together and then tie it to a flagpole. Yeah, and Sokka loves it. He thinks that's hilarious. Never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, and Katara's like, hey, you know, give me a couple minutes. I'll use my feminine wiles to. Uh, See if I if I can extract that information. Oh, and also Sokka's all of a sudden just complaining about why he was talked into buying the bag. It's like you did that yourself, buddy. Not the uh, not not any of these other two. Hey, well, let's just wait a little while, see what we think, and yeah, I mean, maybe fair. maybe it's a new bed for Momo. I mean, hey, he looks absolutely adorable uh, in that in that bag there as he curls himself into a ball or kind of lumps himself in there. Yeah, it's always they always uh, give a nice moment for Momo to look cute. But um, yeah, but continuing on, they decide, OK, Katara's got the location for us. And maybe she did some unsavory uh, things to get the, the information, like freeze those guys to the wall. She showed her <laughs> she showed him a new trick that she tried or she uh, she learned. Yeah, they're probably going to be there for for several hours and miss out on the event that they were very excited to see. So that's not so nice, but <laughs> But anyway, they go and um, they're like, oh, we got these great seats. We're sitting right by the front. This is awesome. But it turns out they're not so great because uh, I guess in this kind of arena, those are the nosebleeds because you'll have a nosebleed after you hit by a rock. It's the splash zone, basically. The splash zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the first six or seven rows are like, imagine if it was hockey, but you never had a safety net. Oh, God. And every wow. time a, a player like, you know, slap shot a puck and it either dings the it it dings off the the goal and smacks it right into person or just like completely misses and goes topside and somebody literally takes a puck from the teeth same with baseball yeah they call that the dead zone <laughs> but um very much leaning into the theater the kind of uh he seems like he's the head of the promotion but also the announcer he raises himself up out of the ground in this this cool like tree looking formation, and welcomes everybody to Earth Rumble Six. This fellow Jing Fu, and then Fu. proceeds to go, I guess, to the either announcer's table or just I don't know top side to get a better look at everything. Who, who knows? Yeah. Uh, and the um, the 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 how would I put this? The Rogues Gallery or whatever you want to call it. Uh, introduce themselves. 
the gimmick, excuse me, introduce themselves. Oh, but he also announces the rules. This is uh, this is a Royal Rumble. You just got to get him over the top rope and out of the out of the ring, and then there you there, go. I don't see a top rope there, sir. <laughs> the top, uh, the top edge of the the ring. It basically <laughs> got to knock out your opponent from the ring, and they yes, there you off. go. <laughs> Which I think is sumo wrestling. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, we we see the kind of lineup for the the thing. We have the boulder in the first match versus uh, the big bad hippo. And I guess they call him the hippo because he's only got four teeth. So <laughs> Yeah, and probably about the same size as a hippo. I don't know. Yeah, and this boulder, he sounds like he's maybe uh, stealing his gimmick from somebody from uh, from a future uh, program. Or I guess not future because I don't know if this is supposed to be our world. <laughs> a long time ago in a world far, far away. Yeah, do you smell what the boulder's cooking? <laughs> well, I... Uh, is it cactus juice, potentially? <laughs> He's got the people's rock rating, waiting. The people's uh, piece of uh, cement. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, his, his elbow is certainly made of cement whenever he lands on somebody. Yeah. And uh, I, thought, I thought that was fun. I, I enjoyed this... Uh, I mean, of course, this is just prime for me. I, I was, I was like, hey, you know, I remember this one. This is this is fun going back to this. Yeah, it's two things. It's not one. It's not filler, and two, this one is just prime material for this guy to show his absolute love for the WWE. And I think I've been making hints uh, over the past little while that I could not wait to get to uh, a certain character in this episode that I've already spoiled in the summary. Toph. I always really, really enjoyed that character. Hang on, we don't know who that is. We're gonna, we're gonna wait and see who that is. Let's keep going on this episode. Sure, so sure. Hang on, hold on a second. <laughs> so after the boulder defeats the hippo rather easily, we get, and I thought this was a really fun touch, and it really uh, shows that uh, Dante DiMartino uh, definitely has some experience with wrestling. Which they do. I, I, I know I didn't listen to this beforehand, but I remember the, um, I remember the wrestling, or I remember the commentary talking about how they definitely were all fans of wwe and so they well like a lot of them like based it off of stuff from you know the i guess the either both in the 80s and the 90s yeah we get this very comical portrayal of this uh this fire nation guy coming in he's got the big flag and he even takes a moment oh everybody stand for i sing the fire nation uh he's even called the fire nation man <laughs> that's so great and he sings the this supposed uh, Fire Nation anthem, which I'm sure is not even the real anthem. But none of these fans would know that. So I thought that was just a great touch. That's very, <laughs> very much the theater that I always enjoy. Why does he look like Zhao? Uh, I guess I can. I guess I can kind of see it a little bit. Yeah, with the, the facial hair, at least. He seriously looked at the mutton chops like and he's supposed to look like he's doing Agni Kai. But also wears a cape. Maybe Zhao's style was like the height of fashion. And so this guy, since he's like a parody of firebenders. Yeah, probably. He's got the the style. Oh, yeah. And freaking Sokka's just into the whole thing. Like, you know, Aang's and guitar are kind of just discussing on the side. Like, why are we here again? Just because, yep. you know, we got to find a teacher. And Aang was instructed by uh, who the swamp bender to or the the. Um, was was it the enlightened swamp bender? There we go. To look for a earthbender who waits and listens. And, well, um, and King Boomy, and King. Well, that's too. Yeah, and King Boomy. Um, 
Oh wait, it was King Boomy. Never mind. I know he who did something. Oh, he just interpreted what who the uh, who the uh, Earthbender would be. So it's interesting if Aang's going back to the vision or not. Whoops, I forgot that completely. Thanks for reminding me. Um, and then we also see like, hey, wait a minute, where's all this? Uh, where's all the rocks going? By the way, like who's clearing up all the rocks? A rotund has returned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was cute. And they have like a funny little piece of music playing as he's going. Yeah, and then we get kind of a, a fun little montage of just some some battles going on. And I like that they they kind of play around a little bit. Like we get some still images that look kind of like pieces of anime. And we also get some like overlays of Sokka just cheering in excitement <laughs> as the boulder racks up his victories. So so I quite enjoyed that. And I, I also like the boulder just uh, like moving around his, his pecs or his biceps. As uh, Aang said, he listens more to his muscles than he does the earth. <laughs> yep. That was a good one. And I'll tell you this, when we got to the main event, the boulder versus the blind champion, and we see Toph raise up, or we see the blind bandit raise up that belt. Oh, I was I was standing up cheering. I was pumped. I was like, yay, here we go. I was so excited to see her. <laughs> uh, it's also funny just how we also had ring girls in this, which is yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> That we, um, okay, this is going to sound really like probably sexist, but a lot more modestly dressed than um, the ring girls in, in UFC. That's certainly fair. <laughs> um, not saying it, but good or rather, just like very much different than that. But anyway, um, they're nice though. They, look, they do look very like uh, they look attractive with their like attire. I mean, like they, they really do like look. Uh, with their makeup and their hairstyle, it's like, oh, it's actually kind of proper almost. It's kind of nice anyway. Um, I like that they uh, they take the belt and, and uh, the blind bandit's coat. I like that she's got her like big coat. <laughs> yeah, her big cape and whatnot is like she's the champion. <laughs> she's like yeah. this kid. Oh, but I love I love that shot of her raising up the belt, and I, I just think that's so cool. I love that. But yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And Sokka's just like, ah, she's going down. Like, come on, no one can beat the boulder. And the boulder, referring to himself in the third person, is like, the boulder feels weird about beating up a little girl, but <laughs> which I thought was fun. <laughs> and immediately, um, this blind bandit, I just love her tone. She's so sarcastic and just kind of cutting. And the boulder, yeah, he's like, okay, I don't feel so bad anymore about beating up this little punk kid. <laughs> yeah, she shows that even as like a kid, she's got a lot of sass. And... Well, there's something about her voice that... Um... Mm. doesn't just trigger ang but also triggers me into being like wait a minute i've heard that voice before yeah it seems like in the previous episode maybe we heard that giggle mm, maybe or two episodes ago it's just like wait a minute this is not mang oh my goodness and even uh, uh even ang's just like hey it's not mang <laughs> or that girl from the swamp yeah not mang yeah and i'm glad they they brought that actress back i think she brings a, a whole lot of charm to this character and I think it's uh, apparent right away that this is uh, definitely someone that you want to continue on seeing because she just brings a whole new dynamic, I think. Yeah, it looks like uh, yeah, it looks like she tested really well. Jesse Flower there, she texted, texted, tested very well <laughs> um, with audiences as Meng. Um, <laughs> and they brought her back. I think they even talk about that in the commentary. And oh, just like, hey, you're going to now be taught. I don't know if you did your research on her like you did with the research with uh, our leads in the initial uh, beginning of the show or not. No, I didn't. Didn't think. OK, to. 
maybe uh maybe try it for another time but anyway um yeah so yeah it's tough and maybe we'll see her again i don't know but for now she's a champion yeah she um well i don't let's just say that the boulder does something and it she reacts to it what do you think about that yeah you're talking about the uh the step and then we see the black might effect oh i am definitely talking about the seismic sense yeah i think that's super cool i think it's played really well um i think they get it across visually quite immediately what's going on there and it's just again it feels different from what we've seen so far so. um do you think what would you think of the cgi by the way um oh is it cgi like the 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 movement of the i'm pretty sure it is just because like when because when you see everything in monochrome and all the like all the vibrations from whenever anybody performs an action um golly she's literally like the thief um like like garrett from the thief series video game series she's the thief's worst nightmare <laughs> oh really because <laughs> that game is like has some probably one of the best stealth systems on lp i know there's some flaws to it but like any system has flaws but it is one of the best cell systems just because it has different sound effects and different um noises for any surface you're on oh cool whether you're on grass carpet uh floorboards or stones like it it literally has like a, a a mechanic just for like each like what you're walking on um that's pretty intense so like being very careful with your movements and making as little vibrations as possible is certainly what you want against this girl since she apparently can detect the vibrations within the earth how can she do that or how did she learn where did she learn this from well if i know at some point but we'll see that for later and this uh this boulder i mean he seems like he should have had a better teacher because yeah she dispatches him pretty quickly um, immediately that step that he was taking she turns against him and he does the splits the <laughs> rather painful oh that was such a great shot my friend yeah, another very anime inspired looking uh shot and then just flings him away like okay you know like a bug get out of here and then she wins rather easily yeah and then afterwards Zing fu or the jing fu <laughs> he jumps down and he's like okay the the blind bandage she's still the champion and if anyone wants to take her on Here's this bag of money. I'll give it to you if you win. So, <laughs> Aang uh, wanting to fight her because he realized that she, because I think it was asked by uh, one of them asked, hey, what happened there? Um, it's because she waited and listened. That's exactly mm. what Aang needed to see. Because he was then, hmm, I'm going to talk to her about this because I think I may have found my teacher. Yeah, and so he's like, any takers? And no one else shows up but Aang and his smiling face. He's like, I'll do it. And Xing Fu's like, uh, what? And then Aang, it doesn't really seem like he's in the spirit of, uh, of a fight. And I like, uh, I like Toph Slimer. She's like, oh, they don't want to see two little girls out here. Was, uh... <laughs> Again, this the absolute sass this character has. Yeah, just immediately sniping. <laughs> I can I can certainly see why you like her, and we'll get into that. Yeah, and, and it's a good match for a fight with these two, because, yeah, Aang's ability to kind of, you know, avoid the ground definitely disrupts her, uh, her prowess as a fighter. And so as a result, he, he beats her rather easily, and Jingfu and the boulder, and basically everyone's shocked, and 
maybe kind of choked. It was also because uh, she had a hard time looking for Aang because uh, every time she threw a boulder at him or at least uh, ruptured a boulder, erupted a boulder from the ground, he would just jump off, kind of float in the air for a few seconds, move around, and then just land back. And she's like, this doesn't happen normally. What's going on? How is he behind me now? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, he can't land, okay. doesn't land on the ground. And so she has t- trouble tracking him in the same way. And when he does land, yeah, then he'll like hover away a bit, not landing in somewhere that she would assume that he would go. So anyway, she's choked. I mean, when he's like, hey, can I talk to you? And she's just like, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm getting out of here. Leave me alone. Peeved off to no end of just like, what the heck happened? Yeah. And uh, yeah, then Aang, he celebrates as the new champion. He gets the belt. Oh, he's so happy. He would just do a speech and doesn't. Though, although Sokka hugs Jin Fu, yeah, he takes the belt, he's pumped. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's his belt now, <laughs> which is you know fitting. It, it it suits his new bag that he got. There you go, yeah, finally. Uh, so he's probably you know happy about that. <laughs> yeah, worked out well. And then the, the group goes on the search to find the blind bandit because Aang's decided that this is his new teacher, that's who he needs. But no one seems to know much about her. She seems to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a mystery. It's still a mystery. I, I gotta say, I like the fact that we go back to the Earthbending Academy that Aang started at, and um, the two bully characters, <laughs> uh, who of course, as soon as Tar gives them a nasty eye uh, eye shot, uh, do they like look back, like jump back in fear? I'm just like, oh no, don't freeze this again, um, and. I love the fact that they're doing what shell and monks do with, uh, with like, um, what is it? S- digging their fingers in the sand, uh, as strikes. Um, you know, that works really well to toughen their f- fingers up, uh, really well. So they really could like it deadens the nerves there. So don't worry. Like they're, they really can probably do a lot of like above human, not superhuman, but above human feats with those fingers. Uh, there's a downside to that though. Apparently, uh, arthritis at an early or older age mm. meaning they are unable to grip things and you kind of need thing your hands to grip uh such as eating a bowl of cereal with a spoon yeah there's there's always those downsides so not too surprising but um even though those two punks don't uh, know anything about the uh uh the blind bandit when Aang starts musing about how in his vision he saw her with this pig, they're like, hey, a flying pig, that sounds like the, el- the emblem for the uh, the Beifong family. And so Detective Sokka maybe steps in again and says, hey, we should go off and uh, in search of this direction as a clue. He doesn't actually, but I just, I'd figure I'd throw that in there. <laughs> I also gotta keep, men- I gotta mention that I keep saying a flying pig, it's a boar. My apologies. Yeah, they... They say boar. I, I like to say pig. I think flying pig sounds cute. Well, that makes sense because nobody would expect that to to ever happen. By the way, when they were in that, uh, they were expecting like a flying pig. Anyway, but <laughs> when they were in that scene, when we first saw Katara or in the center and then hanging Sokka on the side, it almost looked like it was a fisheye lens. It did. It did. But I have to say this. I was a little surprised by that. Because you're mentioning the flying pig. I don't know if you know what this is. But uh, did you ever see the kids in the hall skit of the flying pig? No, what was that one about? 
Um, he would show up when people were in lines. The flying pig would come and entertain them. Oh, I'm the flying pig. I'm the flying pig. People would be look up. They'd be like, oh, we felt so down. But now we see the flying pig. We're all happy. And they'd all wave until uh, maybe the second or third time we see, saw the sketch. The flying pig flew into some power lines and got electrocuted. <laughs> Did somebody eat him as fried fried bacon at that point? Yeah, I think they started eating him, and then one of the characters that like loved him that got so hyped was like sad and was like, I don't know if I should eat this, like the flying pig. <laughs> and I think we saw his ghost. I think they followed up with one more sketch. That's funny. <laughs> oh, that ridiculous show. Was that all in the same episode, or is that just like the like a one episode thing? Oh, I don't remember. It, I can't remember if it was one episode or two episodes. Hmm. Yeah, recurring gag. Yeah, it's a bit, excuse me. That's that's funny. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've gone through that show. But yeah, and just to end this off, yeah, the, the character or the two bully characters are just like as as they leave, as they get told, you know, oh, that's the Beifong family estate. Uh, it's like, oh, let's go. Oh, uh, yeah, you guys better go. And then Katara's like, hey, <laughs> got my eye on you. Yeah, Sokka, like as I guess the hype man leaves, is like water tribe. Yeah, Sokka, yeah, definitely the hype man. I could see that. There you go. He'd be the manager. If this is wrestling. Uh, oh, yeah, I totally would. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Paul Heyman. Yeah. Oh, but now I'm looking at the image of the flying pig as they arrive at the uh, the Beifong estate. Well, before that, quickly, the uh, the Boulder and Jingfu uh, do some colluding together. Oh, they yeah. Because feel something's up. Something's amiss. Yeah, the Boulder's got some ideas. The Boulder thinks maybe uh, something, uh, something's gone awry there. And those two kids... Oh, oh, a rarity actually with him <laughs> <laughs> oh thinking um <laughs> yeah those two kids maybe they were teamed up as some sort of way to uh maybe they bet against each other or or bet against uh ang winning or how, how does that work bet for ang winning they threw the <laughs> match it was a squash uh, there you go uh, <laughs> Thank i can't you. really say a squash match because like i guess yeah would that be a squash match i guess it would be yeah she she went down with very little yeah very little defense Except it actually was uh, not staged. It was all live. So they're yep. wrong. But of course, they don't know that. So of course, they make those presumptions. Yeah. And as the gang, they creep onto the estate looking for her, just wandering around unwelcomed. They do happen to stumble upon her. And she's looking way different than how I ever pictured Toph with her little dress and her hair done up. And I don't know what she's holding, like maybe like a like a blindfold or something. <laughs> A prop, she's dressed in proper attire. Yeah. And even some of her, like, sass feels like it's played back a little bit. She seems a little bit more uh, tepid. Tepid and... Maybe just startled. Startled to see them there. Well, she questions, like, hey, what are you doing here, Twinkle Toes? Yep. Yeah, and they, they this is when they kind of uh, confront her with Aang's proposition. Oh, can you be my earth tent, earthbending teacher? And she's like, nope. And as a result, I'm going to call my guards and you guys get out of here. Would you like to join the Church of Better Days? <laughs> Church of Better Days. It's a it's a it's an album. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, but we do get a little bit of a hint here at maybe how she's uh, treated on the estate. She's like, oh, I, I got scared. And and they kind of baby her and like, OK, let's take you back inside. So that's that's interesting. I don't I don't see what she's holding, by the way. She's got like. Oh, what is it? She's got a um, piece of linen around her waist and through her arms. So 
don't know if that's what you mean she's holding, but... Uh... Yeah, I thought she's holding that, yeah, but it looks like it's just a part of her dress or something. I guess it is. It's the type of fashion choice, so... Yeah, and, and then we see a shot of the family. The They're all kind of sitting in their boring chairs, and poor Toph, she looks kind of a little frustrated and a little, a little dour. It would seem as though she's one of those kids who got raised in... Looks like a wealthier family. I don't know if they're, I guess they're high class. Um, and she was basically held back and supervised and told not to rebel every moment of her life. Yeah. I do not know what that's like, but I can certainly feel like you would be put in a box that whole time. Yeah, definitely. Especially with her disability, they kind of treat her as like, like, oh, she's like this toy that needs to be protected. We can't let her, uh, we can't dare let her do anything on her own or else she can hurt herself. She's like this fragile little, little doll. So She's this glass being. And yep. if she even takes a step on her own, she's going to, yeah, she's going to brick herself. Now, that's the other thing I questioned is that I, I, I don't know if they would have done this or not. I would like to know if this world, they have canes for blind people. Then again, well, pretty sure canes of some sort have been used for a long time for people with blindness. Mm. Um, I, I actually don't know personally, even though I have a very close friend who is blind. But yeah, in this case, I'm very happy that is a diversity thing. Uh, just because like, oh, we need a blind person. It's like, okay, I, I don't know, because... Knowing what I know from watching the show further, slight spoilers, is that Toph is her own character. Yeah. And definitely defined more than just by her blindness. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's certainly fair. And uh, as they're sitting there, and they're kind of <laughs> boring-looking household, um, some sort of little servant comes in, and he's like, Oh, sir, you have a visitor. And the dad's like, What? A visitor unannounced? Who could that be? This is this ridiculous. He's like, oh, it's the Avatar. And I love uh, Toph's face of just like startled bench. She's like, what? I thought that was a cute, uh, cute expression for. Her. Yeah. Um, also, we find out that Master Yu from earlier, the uh, swindler who uh, teaches earthbending classes, is privately training uh, Toph in her in the ways of earthbending. So he was the one that taught her everything. Hmm. Mm. Uh, what's going on here? <laughs> Well, he does say just uh, breathing exercises and uh, that kind of thing. Ha. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, then. Yeah, I guess we'll see how that, that turns That's out. That's odd. Something's more going. Something's going on here than we more than we think. Let's continue. Uh, could be. Could be. But yeah, at the dinner, uh, uh, they invite the Avatar for a nice meal. And and oh, poor, you know, poor Toph. I mean, she she can't eat her soup. Oh, it's too hot for her. She's blind. She can't tell if something's hot. The dad uh, claims, and so Aang, uh, trying to break the ice, blows a little uh, little mini tornado and cools off her food for her. And everyone gives him a nice clap. <laughs> um, or at least you know, not not Sokka nor nor uh, 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 yeah. Chitar, cause, just because they've seen that before. Yeah, Sokka looks completely bored. <laughs> I gotta say, she could easily tell if her you know her cup of tea or drink is is too hot. All she's gotta do is put her hand over it. And see if it's like, you know, steaming hot or whatnot. Oh, she couldn't even dare reach for her for a cup. Where's the servant to uh, put the glass to her mouth? 
With these, uh... I, you actually got to question that whether she can like see shapes and colors or not. We never get that, but whatever. I was wondering about that too. But yeah, it definitely seems like it'd be a suffocating uh, kind of existence. No wonder she takes so strongly to the theater of the uh, the bending uh, tournament. Yeah, since it's pretty much the opposite uh, avenue for her. In a way yeah. for her to express herself very much the uh, her inner self, excuse me. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. I, I like that. Yeah, break. If you guys are listening to this, which I know you're not, uh, do you mind sending me uh, give, give us a quick because I don't have Twitter, although this guy does. Um, <laughs> email us or comment below at the novice latest uh, bending the elements uh, at gmail.com if what if uh, what, what kind of blindness uh toph has like what would like if she could see or she could see shapes and and uh colors or it's like full-on blindness well i just wanted to quickly comment on the the whole her kind of taking to this kind of a theater of the the pro bending or amateur bending um it did make me think a little bit about uh spider-man the 2002 film where she uh where she's kind of you know more of an inner kind of isolated person but then once she kind of puts on her mask of this this wrestling character, she kind of lets loose and she's super snappy and, you know, kind of uh, it's more sharp with the tongue. But then when we see her back home, she's just kind of like this kind of more closed off kind of person. I mean, that's that's fair. That's like a good comparison. But obviously we can go to the other, you know, Marvel character that's a little more like her, I'd say. Um, different thing, though, of course, uh, which is Daredevil. There's definitely that too, yeah. I was just thinking of the wrestling uh, comparison there. I understand, yeah. But uh, yeah, we also see Master Yu there. Probably doesn't even remember Aang. Doesn't seem to comment on him at all. So, <laughs> of course, and I was like, "Hey, wait, wait you look like uh, you have this face of a person uh, that came to my school the other day, yesterday, in fact." Nope, just that that shows you like he doesn't remember a face. Yeah, and Aang, as Aang is uh, floating. His potential search for uh, an airbending teacher and how maybe Toph could uh, be some of that. He should search in that regard. She starts playing a little bit of uh, bending footsies under the table. And uh, I like that they continue to continue to cut to her and she looks all innocent eating her food. Yeah, just eating away her food. Nothing else. Can I just say I like the line, by the way, of when her dad asks Aang, like, so how's the war going or whatnot? Like, when do you uh, just thinking just between you and I, mm-hmm. how, 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 how do you think the war is going to happen? Like, are you going to still go at it or what's going to happen? So just not just like, yeah, I'd like to finish. I'd like to defeat the Fire Lord by the end of the summer. <laughs> just love how nonchalant he is about that i'm just like yeah no biggie nothing like it's not gonna be like i'm going to hell through hot hell through high water or something like that oh i was laughing at that absolutely and then he's like but i can't do that yet because i don't have an earthbending teacher and doesn't allude to toff though uh but that's where the footsies begins (laughs) yeah i definitely laughed at that scene i thought that was really funny and uh as the footsies goes on um, I can't remember why, maybe you do, but eventually Aang uh, has a big sneeze fit and uh, blows all the food across the, the across the room. Do you remember what caused that? Uh, yeah, he gives her a look after the second time she does it and yeah, just as like sneezes at her uh, in, in retaliation, excuse me. And, oh, okay. Yeah, then they both just go at, at each other just like, she goes, what's your problem? What's your problem? Yeah. And everybody just has this awkward look. But um, as yeah, I guess that broke the ice for them, and and she comes to the comes to him 
and wants to go off and have a conversation on on her own after the dinner. Yeah, they've they've been allowed to stay at the uh, at the in the in the Beifong estate uh, yeah. for the evening, of course, which is very nice. And so, um, yeah, they stay in this, I guess, guest room. And uh, then uh, Tom comes by and it's just like, "All right, you and me, Twinkle Toes. Uh, sorry about dinner. We're talking." Yeah, and then this is this is a, a really good scene, I think, for uh, setting up some of the, the internal dynamics that she's happening right now with her parents not understanding her and definitely kind of, again, putting her in a box as this uh, helpless kind of dis- disabled person. So they, they kind of spell out what we've already said, but but I think they do it well. Yeah, she. we don't know how she learned, but she certainly... Uh, yeah, she's been able to see through the earth, and she de- describes kind of like Yoda did in five. Uh, at least, like you know, that she can see the tree, she can see the ants, um, she could see uh, the, the bridge, and so uh, Ang's just like that's really cool. And then she just goes to like Will Smith, as Will Smith once said, like parents just don't understand. Yep, they don't. <laughs> and who else doesn't understand? But the gang of amateur uh, benders who show up and decide, hey, we're going to kidnap you too and see if we can get some cash out of you. You're not going to talk about the whole, like, you know, heart to heart these two are having. <laughs> well, I, I, again, I feel like we kind of already discussed it. But if you have more to say, go ahead. <laughs> I guess. Uh, no, I just I like the fact that she breaks down, not breaks down, but she's you know, she's stuck here and she doesn't know where else to go. And that makes kind of sense. I think there's some kids who definitely don't want to be in the situation there and aren't happy with their parents so i i get it that's that's, that's true i don't know did you ever person per, just I, pardon me if i'm going there did you ever feel like this growing up oh yeah definitely yeah definitely i felt uh but but yeah my my parents were super religious and i was not at all and they definitely did not like that so it was like trying to put me in a box and Especially because my dad was a pastor and was like, oh, you got to live the life of uh, you got to be an example to all the other kids around. I was like, screw that. <laughs> I'm not being an example to anybody but myself. And and that's the one thing that I had to like, that's kind of why I was asking if like, does she like, do you see some of yourself in her? That's that's what I was kind of referring to, alluding to earlier. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of potentially why you like her because just you, this character really does like speak to you in a, in a personal way in an almost an empathetic way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that, you know, she doesn't feel held back by her, what could be considered disability, but for her doesn't really, uh, amount that way. Yes, of course. Because of her special abilities, but, but, uh, yeah, uh, we, we get, we cut to a scene of, uh, these rude uh, benders being like, okay, we, we got you guys imprisoned and where are your parents? And then <laughs> the parents show up and, uh, unless you have more to say about that previous scene, I don't know if I cut you off there with it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. They just, they each just, I don't know. All they do is just get captured and, uh, yeah. Demand them to be returned <laughs> or demand money yeah. in return for their safety, I guess. And they also ruin the landscaping of the uh, of the, Bene- the Beifong estate. How dare they? Yeah, but back at the bending arena, uh, the parents and Sok and Katara arrive and throw the cash. And they're pretty quick to free uh, 
the blind bandit. They don't really care about her much, but Aang could potentially be a much bigger bounty for the uh, the Fire Nation. So I'm not going to free him. And yeah, and then and then we see they're like, okay, okay, well, if you guys want to put up any sort of fight, you know, this is who you're going to have to face. And they pull out the whole lineup, all these bunch of nerd guys, especially the guy who's like hanging out under the ground. He looks especially uh, silly, I think. He's like a mole guy. I guess that's his gimmick. <laughs> it's making me think of uh, the Underminer a little bit. <laughs> I am beneath you, but nothing is beneath me. <laughs> and and Aang's just like, oh, go, you know, leave me alone. I'll be okay. And Toph and Master Yu even. I, I thought this guy's a master, but he's just like, no, no, we'll leave that kid. Let's, let's no, 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 no. He's a master of uh, of of sil- of silver tongue. That's what he is. He want mm. he, he's really good at convincing people that he is good at uh, what he does, but he's not really good at all. And they all march away, and until Katara and she kind of reaches out to Toph, being like, "Hey, you're the only one who can kind of help us here." She again, even though Master, I guess they know that Master Yu is not not any good, <laughs> but. Yeah, they called her for help, and they keep walking, and it's not until the dad is like, how dare you? My daughter, she's a blind and tiny and helpless, fragile little little, uh, little doll. She can't do anything. She's completely useless. That's when Toph's just like, okay, I've had it. I can't take this embarrassment anymore. And just complete undercutting of myself. Can I, can I just say, by the way, I love uh, the scene. Like This is all before the starts of... They get the ransom note, uh, like Jing Fu in the boulder, and freaking, <laughs> of course, Sokka's just like, oh, I got the boulder's autograph. He's so excited about oh, that. Yeah. And then um, Toph's mother, Mrs. Beifong, uh, she, <laughs> she goes like, poor Toph, she's probably so scared, and then cuts Toph just sassing the guys down there. And I'm just like, that's ah, just... <laughs> So funny. That was a lot of fun. Like, yep. Perfectly timed, my friend. Absolutely. Uh yeah, continue. Sorry. I, that's not all I say. Other than like, you know, this is a little like these these gimmicks, like you get the 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 slender man slash like sticky guy or who literally like, you know, it's like Spider-Man. He's got a I can see why that reminds you of Spider-Man and he's got the luchador mask on, the mole man, or the underminer, and then uh Fire Nation guy by the way, it comes in in a tornado. What is it with the third episode and it's a tornado? What's going on here? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's interesting that Toph, uh, when she comes to battle them, when she's finally like, okay, I've had it. I need to stand up for myself and for Aang. It's interesting that she's not wearing any shoes when she goes to the uh, the fight. So. Well, the whole time she doesn't wear shoes at all. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then Katang. Uh, and then... <laughs> Yes, he does. He got it. <laughs> and then Katara and Sokka step forward to fight. Uh, but Toph's just like, no, no, no. They're all mine. And she just waits and listens as they run. And then that's their weakness that they just act. And she uses that against them and blows them all away. And I, I don't know. Is there much more combat to talk about here? Uh, it's It goes by pretty pretty quick, but uh jin fu then steps in the ring like he were vince mcmahon and takes her on and once again she just wipes the floor with him because of how 
kind of open he is and how like just aggressive he is and she just uses that to his, her advantage yeah and i do like i do like all the shots of the dad and uh, master food they they just go and take a seat it's like master food is so useless that he doesn't even dare step in he's just like okay let's yeah. both retire over here and and watch as your helpless daughter uh takes on all these guys single-handedly <laughs> oh yeah i love the fact that i guess you talked about it before right that um he she deals with them one by one in the sandstorm almost or in this like yeah d- yeah dust storm yeah i didn't mention that but th- th- that's what i was saying like i don't know if you had more to say about the, the individual combats yeah that's what i would say yeah it's really cool uh and also the comedic the the comedic timing of like ang trying to be freed by Sokka and katara as they like yank and pull like get out get like try to free him from the metal case that's pretty funny yeah that's fair that is fair i'd enjoy that as well yeah like and i like i just like you know i I will go through each one but i will just say that each uh opponent she faces is is perfect by the way like like how she deals with them Mm -hmm. uh is great um and and the joke of them all like landing in the on the same guy after one after another is hilarious and her movements just her expressions too we get some like subtle smirks like all that stuff just works really well and i I especially enjoy just cutting back to stupid master foo and the dad and well yeah her his dad her dad just like biting his fingernails yeah yeah i can't even believe what's she doing here (laughs) but again he doesn't step forward to help he just sits there like a like a complete loser yeah i don't even know if her parents are earthbenders or not if she's just that oh yeah i wonder i guess they never address it but yeah i don't think i don't think her or i don't think master uh who describes her as the greatest earthbender he just says like she's like extremely talented oh and i just love the fact that uh when she faces off of jinfu she, she like hucks a loogie out and we see her dad's reaction i love that yeah. <laughs> she's the greatest earthbender i've ever seen I don't think he said that, but it was the last thing he said before it uh, cut to oh, the next scene. Fair enough. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's ever seen that shows how like pretty, uh, pretty close minded he is, or at least how like not less of just how like inexperienced he is, I guess, with the other world. Oh, because if he doesn't know about Boomy, then it's like, what the hey? I don't know. I mean, she's the best that they've seen probably since Boomy. So, I mean, she's sounds like she's pretty spectacular. Oh yeah, he says right there. Yeah, you're, okay, yeah, you got, you got me there. But yeah, she beats, she shoots in Jinfu back, and yeah, we cut to back to the Beifong estate. Yeah, and she's confronting her parents and being like, okay, you know, now that you've seen what I can do, like I hope this doesn't change how you feel about me. And they're like, oh, you know, Toph, of course this doesn't change how we feel, uh, but it does make us realize that you know we've kind of made a mistake with you. We've been. Uh, when you have too much freedom basically just giving you too much leeway and not enough uh of a tether uh mm. to be have to look under or watch or uh look us under you or have us watch you excuse me because you need to be watched more basically yeah. by us and uh guided because we know what's best for you yeah so it's time for guards and nurses 24 hours a day always holding your hand and not letting you do anything on your own yeah, we're just gonna basically put you in this stretcher and this gurney. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna like literally just tie you to it, and yeah, you have no freedom whatsoever. Don't even ask. You have to ask to use the bathroom. It's like okay, that's just not cool. And also, she confirms that she's twelve years old, so she is Annie's age. Yeah, 
uh well i'll be at minus 100 a year <laughs> and so and we even uh see her a little tear she uh oh that was yeah even i was just like uh oh, this this poor this poor girl i want to give her a hug yeah consensual hug excuse me gotta be careful when we say that yeah and the the gang they just go okay well it's a pretty unfortunate situation for for her but i guess we better continue our search for a new uh earth teacher yeah <laughs> even those angs just like i'm not gonna find another one like her she's too unique and just as they hop on appa to escape they happen to see her running up to uh to, to catch them on their way out i think leave more than escape but sure well, well i guess that's fair and uh yeah, she says, oh, my dad, you know, he changed his mind and he's going to let me travel the world now. It's great. And uh, Sokka's just like, well, you better hurry up and hop up here for you, you know, change his mind. So I guess I guess there's a debate for you. I guess they already know that uh, she's fibbing about it, but <laughs> potentially we don't know about that yet. We don't even know. I don't even know what you're talking about yet. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like uh, like a fib, especially her response to good idea. Okay, um, but yeah, and anyways, but she asks Aang to, you know, come down and talk to her about something quickly, and he's like, oh, okay, lands, lands, and she kicks a rock, uh, wrecks a rock above him, and he goes flying. Okay, yeah, yep, and then this next scene, it did really have me laughing here, I had to, uh, yeah, probably the most I've laughed from an Avatar bit, surprisingly. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Was, yeah, she does that to Aang, and then she's like, okay, I'll take my belt back. And then Sokka tosses it down to her and just takes her out. <laughs> and something about that, it just it was unexpected for me. And just poor, she she just, yeah, of course she wouldn't feel it coming. There's no vibration from that. So it just, yeah, takes her out completely. <laughs> Unless she can't sense the vibrations coming off of Sokka, who's on Appa. So, like, I could sort of see it being distilled and having, like, one of the only blind jokes in the episode, which is that allowed? Is that not? I mean, I don't know. it's funny because yeah, she's just standing there smiling, reaching up like expectantly. And then it just goes right for her head and she just, yeah. <laughs> Bonk. So, yeah, I don't know if that's offensive or not. Um, I like, yes, I chuckle. I, I had a smile with that and chuckle, but I was just like, I don't know if this is funny or not. <laughs> Is this poor taste? Then she's just laid out. We cut to a shot, like a wide shot, and she's just down. Oh, she's probably knocked out, by the way. <laughs> like, that, that belt is heavy at all. I mean, she's probably, she's obviously felt it and had her around her waist, but like, come on. By the way, I don't even know if that belt is thereafter, but if I may, if I may say. <laughs> I hope so. Unless she steals Sokka's uh, bag and just leaves it in that the whole time. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but just before we uh, leave the episode, we get a little bit of, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Deyuma? Is that it? I don't know. I forgot to say that word. <laughs> but um, we uh, we see that the dad now he's convinced that Aang has uh, kidnapped kidnapped uh, Toph and taken her for uh, his own purposes, his earthbending purposes. And so he's decided to enlist our two kind of shady uh, amateur bender fellas, uh, uh, Jingfu. Or how, how do you say the name again? Yeah, Jinfu. Jinfu, there you go. Thank you. Jinfu and the Boulder. No, no, no. Was it the Boulder or was it Master Who? Oh, it's Master Yu. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you. Master Yu, that's right. He says, do whatever it takes to... Why would he, why would he enlist this fool, Master Yu? Couldn't do anything at all when his daughter was... Uh, that's just stupid. But, <laughs> but he offers them a big chest of gold. Do whatever it takes to get her back. 
And then we see as the final shot, she's smiling, tough smiling as they take off through the air. Happy yep. to finally be free. Yeah, it's a really nice shot. I'll say that, that we finally see this, this, this person who's been feeling restricted her whole life and yeah, is restricted her life. Um, finally kind of do the first thing she's never done and fly through the air. That's probably a different thing with her. Yeah. It's pretty serene. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, she's done this, she's done this kind of double life routine. Now she's kind of committing to what her, her real life is going off on her own. And I really did lo- enjoy that scene of her confronting her parents, not even confronting her parents, but just breaking down in front of her. I was just like, it's almost like a coming out scene. Yeah. Uh, in a different light of just like, listen, I have these abilities. I've had these abilities my whole life. Uh, I'm better than you think I am. Um, and now, listen, I'm just, yeah, please don't be angry with whom I am. And they're sort of not in a way, as we said, but it's weird because they're like, I, I don't know how you'd say. It. I mean, we only see the dad talk. We never see the mom utter a word. <laughs> yeah. Except for like earlier during the dinner scene, but like, yeah, it's just, I don't know what would you, cause he's not, I, I don't know why he says it. He's just like, he's okay with who she is, but now he just, cause of how dangerous, I guess she's living or un uncivilized. She's living. Uh, she has to be stopped and toned back, I guess. I don't know. Does that make sense to me, to you? Or am I just not saying it right? Yeah. It was making me think of, um, is it called, a uh... Munchausen syndrome by proxy is out. Do you know what that is? Maybe, but explain anyways. If if I'm getting my terms correct, I think that's one where people, parents will like either medically make their kids sick or just convince their kids that they're sick just as like a way of, I guess the parents themselves have been so used to being that, that caregiver and having this, this kind of um, completely unable child that they keep trying to force them into that position for their own comfort. So I guess that's what he's trying to do with her. He, he's so used to seeing her as this kind of fragile, um, helpless being that he, he can't bear to see that she could stand on her own. Maybe he thinks that, uh, maybe he doesn't even fully believe what he saw. He's like, Oh, this was just some fluke that this, this poor kid managed to beat these guys. So we need to keep an eye on her. So she doesn't accidentally put her in another position to get herself killed or something. So, so you got to feel bad for him. I don't think he's necessarily like a, like a villain dad who like just wants to control her. He's probably just so used to protecting her that it's gone too far now. Yeah. And he's probably not even, he's probably him and his wife are so well off that they almost are. You know, he asks and like, how's the war doing? It's almost like he's completely created his own world. Yeah. Where he's, he's living his, in his own world and separated from the rest of the world. So like, None of that matters to to him. Yeah, yeah, and they probably don't want their daughter to uh to leave, you know, to make a life on her own away from them. So, so again, you got to feel bad for him, but you got to feel worse for for her. So, <laughs> so I'm glad that she she freed herself from him and went off on her own. Yeah, we we finally have our 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 fourth member of the Avatar crew. Yeah, and I was just telling my uh, my partner Jay, I was so pumped. I was like, oh, finally, after all this, because I've been waiting and waiting. Because I love Toph. Even though I've enjoyed all the stuff we covered so far, but I kept being like, oh, I know she's coming soon. I'm pumped. So glad she's finally here. And uh, 
And final thoughts for this one, the blind bandit. Uh, this was story. This was absolutely necessary for the story. Maybe you could say it was, or is filler again. I don't, I don't know. Cause it kind of had, yeah, it kind of had a new character be introduced and a new, like I said, member of the team introduced. So like, I'm gonna assume like this is important, right? Like, like this is this is necessary. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe that's why they felt the need to do the kind of recap because they're like we've done so much filler so far this season. Now it's kind of previously on in the in the main story. Well, I don't know if you consider Return to Omashu filler, but like technically they what they first showed unrelated to that they showed uh, King of Omashu and then Return to Omashu <laughs> and then the Swamp and they just tied all that like filler together and just like hey everything that like uh ang was said, told about you know his earthbending teacher is finally gonna happen he's getting his earthbending teacher so yeah i'm pretty sure this is important yeah now is there any lessons to be learned other than waiting and listening we'll have to wait till next time <laughs> but what do you think of this episode sir oh i loved it this this is one that stood out for me the first time i watched it I think maybe because of the wrestling element, even though I wasn't big into wrestling again at that point, it was still like, oh, let's call it. If I would have saw this as a kid, I would have loved it. And I just thought the humor worked really well. And I think I think Toph is immediately a dynamic character that kind of stands out as bringing a different vibe to the group. So, so that's exciting. Yeah, no, different personality as well from each of the characters, and we'll have to see where that goes. And even fun fact as well, I mean, people who don't know this, but you do know this, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but or you've probably heard this a thousand times, but uh, she was so like, they wanted her to be so different than the rest that they even got the, uh, they got uh, Sifu Kisu, the stunt coordinator, or at least the uh, action coordinator of the uh of the uh the series to go bring in his friend uh, i think it was who was it now uh a one sifu manuel rodriguez uh was the special guest martial arts consultant for toff oh um there was a yeah no there was a specific style um that kisu uh sifu kisu excuse me had in mind for toff and he's like i'm gonna bring into my buddy um sifu manuel rodriguez uh, because he knows the style of uh, Southern praying mantis mm. um, for her to use. And I'm like, this is in the commentary. And I'm like, that's cool. That's that's really cool that they did that. That is cool. Um, so, yeah, look for that a little. I mean, if, yeah, if you pay attention to your earthbending and uh, how Toph behaves, there is a very big difference between the two. Yeah, and we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that as this season goes on. I'm very happy to be. In book two, I've been enjoying a lot of the stuff we've done so far and can't wait to get to the rest of it. Well, my last words are with Jin Fu on the uh, now as a uh, as a sub level working now as a yeah, sub level now working as a uh, bounty hunter or mercenary. I guess bounty hunter because he's been tasked with finding Toph and bringing her back uh, with him gone from the the uh, the the amateur earthbending association or federation um who is going to take his place as head of the company well all six of those fighters or earthbenders uh fight between each of them to see who's capable of running that league or will it crumple into dust and we'll never see that league again find out next time on bending the elements (laughs) an avatar podcast
Till next time, peace. I do. It's just you're also looking up the director. Oh, sure. It was a name I didn't recognize for the director. I wonder if he's a firsty. Which, by the way, you know we haven't noticed in a while, Dave Filoni is missing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to spoil, but he does not return as far as I can tell. I mean, we're going to mention that at some point, or... Uh, I Yeah, I think I was just waiting, but oh yeah, I'm so dumb I mentioned this in the last episode. She defeats the boulder, and a reward is offered to anyone willing to get in the ring with our young Zatchitoy? Uh, what was that one? Uh, Zatchitoy? No. Oh, Zatoichi? Zatoichi. Is that, is that a wrestler in WWE? Oh, no, Zatoichi, uh, the blind swordsman. Doubt! <laughs> uh, yeah, Zatoichi, there you go. Um, did I, did I say it right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I think. Is that Leachy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Reading it now, yeah. Say, saying it, yeah, it sounds like I'm reading it. Aang takes the offer looking for a chance to talk to his potential new teacher, but it's all theater and bravado on the bending stage as the, and the blind bandit takes the fight to him, but due to Aang's airbending abilities, he proves a genuine threat to the earthbending champion and defeats her with relative ease. Okay, wwb like world wide bending <laughs> true sounds good because it can't be wrestling right because yeah um <laughs> and, that, and then I, I questioned if there's like a intercontinental champion belt <laughs> or a uh in this case earth kingdom championship belt which it's like wait what's the because there was a u.s champion belt right yeah, they still have that one. Yeah. Do they not? Do they retire the intercontinental belt? Nope. They just uh, one is you the intercontinental one is usually on um, SmackDown, and then the the US the US one is on Raw usually. Okay. They have. I guess I forgot the women's. So they have the women's tag team belt. Yeah. And I think there's also the women's heavyweight or just champion. Is it heavyweight or just championship belt? Mm, I think they just say champion. Okay, because that one doesn't have the, of course, the obvious, the the absolute one, the uh, heavyweight belt, like the right. Is it heavyweight or was it? What is it now? Yeah, used to, now it's universal champion. Oh golly! It used to be heavyweight, then it was world. Now it's universal. Yeah, because it was the World Heavyweight Championship, and now our champion. And now it's yeah. You okay? No, I guess that makes sense. Just to avoid the whole like heaviness. I I actually stated this to my uh, one of my friends at the gym because he 
didn't watch wrestling for obvious reasons. Um, and he's like, I don't get what that is because they're not really heavyweights. Like if you have Rey Mysterio against Big Show and he Rey Mysterio wins, he's not the heavyweight. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. The way I see it is it's more like they're the heavy in that like how hard it is for them to be beat. Or they they got there because they were so heavy or something. Like that. That's probably just stupid, but hopefully people get what I mean. <laughs> then oh yeah, and of course there's the male tag team champion belt. Yep. Is there any other ones, or I feel like that's I feel like there's more. Uh, they've they've retired a bunch, but they've got the twenty four seven championship, which is an intergender belt. Oh, what the hey? Yeah, intergender, and it can be um, it, as long as there's a ref around, it's always active. So any any anywhere that you are, you can be uh attacked. How the fudge does? Oh wow, so sneak attacks basically. Yeah, and it and they've got like the twenty four seven. Like there's like a gang of people who are always trying to steal the belt from whoever the champion is. And it's usually for like comedy uh, stuff. Of course. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But it it did take me off guard at first to be like, oh, I didn't realize. And like, I've seen it in kind of like indie wrestling, but to see in WWE women being tackled by men. And I was like, oh, this is kind of pushing the PG a little bit, but I guess it shouldn't be. I mean, China shouldn't, but china back in the day used to to wrestle men so i mean she was a whole other person into herself yeah yeah it is weird seeing like the tiny because there are a lot of really tiny women's wrestlers you know battling out with the men it is a little strange it isn't like they're muscular nor they're not like working out and increasing their cardio but like or strength level but like you see china and she's like a different breed oh and this this is getting into weird territory but um they did this whole stupid angle where we had the women's champ, um, 24-7 champ, and she's partnered up with this guy, Reggie, and it was like her her little protector. And then they had a romance, oh, and then they God. had like a onstage wedding. And then at the end of the wedding, he flipped her over and pinned her and, and won her championship. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And <laughs> What a swerving swerve that is, eh? Yeah, and then she's like, I want a divorce. And then it was this whole stupid angle. <laughs> Dana Brooke. Well, but anyway, uh, what was uh, what does AEW have? Um, they've got the TNT champion. Uh, they've got the women's TBS champion. Then yeah, they've got their tag team belts. And then um, I think it's just the AEW World Champion. I think for their top one, and I think that's it. I don't think they have that many belts. Basically the the same, uh, almost the same lineup, eh? Yeah, pretty similar. Yeah, not a, not a ton of minus because they've only got the two men's belts, no, then the one woman's belt. Or oh no, wait, actually, there's two women's belts too because it's TBS champion and the women's like AEW world champion for women. Yeah, you ever thought of like made up belts, like belt, like if you you were a writer on the show, you would create like a new belt. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I think I, I think that having um, maybe more than just the two belts might might be kind of fun because it gets kind of old because it's usually the same people in the title picture over and over again. Yeah, and in this case, you could almost like put yeah, you can almost like revolve your wrestlers or you can revolve your chess pieces around said belt and change the lineup every now and then. Um, obviously, yeah, you probably keep your your. 
it give, it basically gives each person like each because obviously you're gonna have your mainstays uh for like the champion the the import like the big championship belts uh like the i guess you call it the company championship belts and then all the other belts you could like bring all these people like lesser i don't say lesser but less popular um wrestlers in there and, and give them a push if that makes sense yeah and that then that's what the i mean i guess the wwe doesn't quite do that with lesser wrestlers but it's usually like someone mid-range established but they they constantly are changing the intercontinental and usa belts it's like maybe every like three or four weeks it changes oh my goodness so so lots of short reigns for for that belt at least lately so. yeah it would, it would just give it's almost like a I, i'm thinking almost similar to like ufc where they have all their class weight weight class belts so mm. it's almost like you would do the same thing not so much with weight class but more like i guess popular <laughs> this sounds very classist now um but yeah, you would have you have your high class, which is the company's championship belt, and then you have like your mid tier guys, uh, and then you have your lower tier guys who aren't gonna go to like the high class, but you still want to give them something to work towards. So it's just like yeah, let's give them this belt. Yeah, and of course NXT is kind of like their developmental kind of brand, and they've got their own belts. And there's another one for kind of mid tier people. It's the two hundred five live uh tv show i think they have maybe one belt or i guess two because they have women's and men's division yeah of course for the jobbers but but yeah you don't really see that stuff in like the main main uh programs but no certainly not yeah so you won't see that and it'd be kind of cool if they like brought them in they're like oh the 205 champion and it's just like a jobber like that might add a little prestige to that that kind of group you know yeah no that's that's what i mean just to like give because again there's always going to be guys and gals in those companies that don't get as much recognition as everybody else does like you know the the mainstays uh so yeah give them some light of some sort like let them let them all at least feel like they're not feel but give their characters something to work towards yeah This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Spoilers. Enter at your peril. So this is after the fact, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated. I had forgotten to watch the commentary that was offered for this episode. I had completely meant to, and I forgot about it. So uh, right before we did Zuko alone, I went ahead and rewatched the commentary on uh, Blind Bandit. And I wanted to know if there's much other than like... One, I don't think we mentioned. I mean, I guess we mentioned Mick Foley was the boulder, and I think there was. They didn't say it in that episode. I thought I heard somewhere say somebody said that like they wanted the Rock to play the boulder since you know the boulder, the Rock. Like, 
I thought somebody mentioned that somewhere, but I guess I was wrong on that. Um, they did mention they like both dropped name drop. I don't know if it was just those two, but they both name dropped the fact that the entire episode was a love letter to WWE wrestling in the nineties, probably also professional wrestling. So, you know, there's obviously other ones like ECW and, uh, WCW. Thank you. WCW. Um, maybe some Japan wrestling. I have no idea. Yeah. But they mentioned that stuff. They, uh, a cool thing with, um, Sifu Manuel Rodriguez, uh, the, choreographer of uh toff's bending style um it was very interesting he's he said i mean okay you could obviously listen to this you can listen to the commentary yourself but if you don't want it i'll give you some of the um cool facts that they said uh one thing he said about the southern praying mantis praying mantis style there's a technical term for it we don't i don't remember the term uh did brian he stated that legend says that the style itself was created by a woman a blind woman. And we don't know if it was a wow. kid, but uh, yeah, it was just a happy coincidence, I hope. Um, and that it was uh, able to, they were able to fight multiple individuals at once, apparently, the stance itself. Now, we don't know if we're talking like against other um, kung fu styles. I would assume so back in those days, which would be interesting to see uh, that kung fu style going up against other kung fu styles. But uh, either way, uh, oh, when. Um, What's his name? Vince McMahon, XB, uh, stand in, excuse me, uh, throws the sand <laughs> at Toph. Um, that's apparently an old Korean soldier trick where they, as soon as they fell off their horse or they like fell to their side, they would like grab a rock and huck it at like their opponent. Oh, interesting. Well, fair enough. Uh, that's a cool thing. Uh, what's the Iron Sheik? Not the Iron Sheik, sorry. The Iron Sheik stand in, um, the um, fire bending man or fire nation man. Whatever his name was. Um, I forgot. You can see that this was an episode that we filmed after the fact. Um, Or this is after the fact, excuse me. Um, He was actually the first Sandbender we see in the series. Oh. That's cool. I uh, didn't know that because when he he comes in on the the ringside, uh, not the ringside, but when he comes in the ring the second time, like after, you know, when everybody poses a... Uh, does their pose um, at Katara and Sokka of like, Hey kids ditch us. Cause or get out of here. Cause you know, we're going to mean business. He comes in a sand tornado. So look at that first plant bending in the swamp. Now sand bending again. Um, yeah. He's a, what did they say? He's a sand bender immigrant from uh-huh. I guess the desert. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love that. Interesting. Um, Let's see. The hippo was obviously a stand-in for Andre the Giant. Um, there was the gopher. There was the gecko who could cling to rocks. Apparently, he was Rey Mysterio. And then there was another one that I don't remember the name of, but it clearly looked like uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, I don't. With the face makeup and everything. Weird. Huh? Yeah, it's been a while since we did that episode. <laughs> Apparently, uh, so Toph was obviously like thought of from the very start. Um, they knew that Aang was going to trip, like, you know, get trained by uh, another earthbender kid um, whose name was Toph. They brought that up immediately, but uh, Brian Konitsko was against the idea of making Toph a woman uh, for a very oh. long time before he finally leaned in and gave in. So 
Treat that as you will. It was by his own words. So hmm. that's, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, that like apparently soccer like shopping. <laughs> they mentioned that this is the first in the series of like shot soccer like shopping. Um, they based her character a little off of like, or they realized her character was what they wanted soccer to be, which is very like deadpan, but obviously soccer's humor went in a different direction. Hmm. So we'll we'll see her be a little more snarky as the series goes on, and and I guess like the straight man to to what Sokka's antics are. Oh, I guess I completely forgot to mention the fact that they set up a different kind of Zuko uh, for Toph this time, where her dad wants those the the master like the the strip mall earthbender teacher and then the Vince McMahon stand in to like, go get his daughter back. Right. It's basically just Zuko, but this time for money, I guess I mentioned that. And uh, it's a complete wasted plot threat and they went nowhere with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's yeah, that's certainly fair. Uh, That's okay. Maybe that's, I'm being hyperbolic and emotional. I'm sorry. Um, I guess they just, there, there was, a lot other things to attend to. So that actually could almost be like a comic. I don't think that would be too far to say it could have its own comic. Maybe I'm going a little too far with that, but like, yeah, I could see. Like, no, I could see it working because it was set up in the series. So it's not like it didn't happen. Yeah. We never saw. So like stuff like that, I think could be comic worthy stuff and be canon, but 